up, it's the rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Thursday, September 23rd, week three, starting tonight. Man, these weeks go fast when we get into the NFL season. And I tell you what, of course, we're going to talk about wide receiver cornerback matchups on the show today. But before I get into that, I think there's a great quote that we could take on board for fantasy purposes. It's certainly a quote that you should take on board for investment purposes because that's where it comes from. The Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett. It's a funny nickname for me. I don't know why. But regardless, the Oracle. Maybe I always maybe I'm thinking back to the league. The Oracle. The Oracle of Omaha said, "Be greedy when others are fearful." I think that is such a powerful idea to take on board for fantasy purposes because it happens all the time. There is so much groupthink in fantasy football, and there is so much no-think in fantasy football. You know, in my uh, radio show, the SiriusXM show, if you listen to the open, you hear me say, and I think I was sick that day, (laughs) divorce yourself from the fan mindset. Uh, What I mean by that is fans are irrational. Fans will jump to wild conclusions based on whatever the heck they see on a game or whatever the heck they read in a box score. But a lot of times it doesn't tell the whole story or it it is even close to the story. The fan mindset. The fan mindset is irrational. And that's fine. If you're a fan, be a fan. But when you're playing fantasy football, you can't be a fan. And if you're upset because somebody like Kenny Galladay has been banged up, were you not also very excited about Kenny Galladay when he was setting the fantasy world ablaze? He's still a very good player. The perception on him is down. Yes, I know he has a hip injury right now, but I'm not worried about that. The perception on him is down. Attack the perception. The perception is up. On Tony Pollard, for some reason, I, we know what reason. It's because of the box score last week. And it's down on Ezekiel Elliott. Attack that perception. Buy low on Jonathan Taylor. Buy low on Antonio Gibson. Heck, I had somebody tell me that Calvin Ridley wasn't good last week. The dude had 10 targets. The dude caught a touchdown. Buy low. Attack the perception, especially after just two weeks of the season. It's a prime opportunity to buy low. Be greedy when others are fearful. It's a great opportunity. Take those words on board. Let's dive into these matchups, though. Of course, you can get the wide receiver cornerback matchup chart over at ftnfantasy.com, ftndaily.com, or ftnbets.com. All three of them have it. And it's a, a great tool. It's a tool that sometimes is misunderstood. Remember, I'm projecting all coverage situations because unless it's a shadow or Arizona who doesn't move their wide wide receivers around the formation, uh, the wideouts will move around the formation. So it's all projected situations. So even though you look and you see left re- wide receiver is lined up against right corner, that's their base positions. The left wide receiver is going to move all over the place. The right corner may from time to time. Oftentimes, they are just going to play their side. Most games, that's what's ha- what happens. But they they face the point is they face all the different uh, corners, unless it's an indicated shadow situation. I have a couple of those. But I want to dive into this. Uh, let's start with the upgrades, man. DeAndre Hopkins loved the matchup against Jacksonville. And here's the thing. Rondale Moore is getting a lot of attention. I put this tweet out earlier today. Here's the routes run for the Arizona Cardinals wide receivers. 
Hopkins, 74. A.J. Green, 67. Christian Kirk, 52. Moore, 38. Now, fantasy football, football in general, but production in fantasy football really is about opportunity. You can't produce consistent fantasy numbers if you don't get consistent opportunities. This is why I'm buying low on Antonio Gibson. 19 touches a game so far. Opportunity. Now, Rondell Moore put up a big line, and he had a long touchdown on busted coverage, by the way. He's still phenomenal. It's not a knock on him, but 38 routes run in two games. That's not a lot of opportunity. So... I'm not trying to jam him into, certainly into DFS lineups this week. And remember, when I'm talking wide receiver, cornerback, I'm talking to two different audiences. Of course, you're playing Hopkins in season long, no matter what. And you do want him, certainly in DFS this week. Uh, The Jags have allowed 25 catches on 33 targets their corners have at 14.3 yards per catch this season. So giddy up, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Not really trying to jam Rondell Moore into season-long lineups either this week. Cooper Cup, man. Oh, this guy. This guy right here. This Cooper Cup guy. I love this guy. Matthew Stafford loves him too. And with Sean Murphy bunting injured, it's Ross Cockrell in the slot. This guy has allowed... Uh, 12 catches on 14 targets. He's also allowed two scores this season. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, the aforementioned Kenny Galladay. This is versus Atlanta. Through two games, the Falcons quarterbacks have allowed four touchdowns in their coverage. Now, we know Shepard has been a heavy volume guy. 16 catches, which is tied for the league lead through the first among wideouts for, through the first two weeks. Uh, he figures to continue to see that volume. But here's the thing about Galladay. Okay, only seven catches. But you know what his average depth of target is? 15.4. I love that. From an air yard standpoint, I love that. I know you're not in a points per air yard league. I know ADOT doesn't show up in your fantasy box score. It's an indicator stat. And I'm not going away from Kenny Galladay just yet. It's shocking to me. Well, it's not shocking because people overreact every single year. Uh, That people have dropped Kenny Galladay, it's crazy. It's crazy. Still uh, still like Kenny Galladay a lot. Uh, here's some other upgrades, of course. Hey, Devontae Adams going up against a banged-up secondary in San Francisco. You like that. Uh, Cortland Sutton, that Jets secondary is shaky. Brandon Eccles and Bryce Hall can give up some big plays. I don't know how much game script is going to favor him, but I do like Sutton this week. Marquise Brown, I love. Honestly, I've, I watch the games now very closely. It's not just like, oh, fluky, big plays. He's playing really good football right now. So I don't think this is a fluke. Now, the problem, of course, is it's still going to be a run-heavy offense regardless of how many running backs are banged up there. But you get Detroit. Detroit now is down to their third. This is the third starting left corner they've had in as many games. Bobby Price, relative unknown right there. Marquise Brown, whenever he's up against Price especially, expect them to pick on him. Uh, The Patriots... Not the most potent passing game, but I do like Jacoby Myers. That Saints secondary is banged up, and if uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson can't go, then you got P.J. Williams in the slot, and we know we've been able to destroy P.J. Williams, that matchup, uh, numerous times in the past several years here, so go after it with Jacoby Myers. All right, so let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back. We'll do the downgrades. We're going to start with the Rams, and I'm going to tell you why I don't believe Jalen Ramsey will be shadowing Mike Evans. That's right after the break. 
So there's a lot of speculation out there, especially it's always speculation when it comes to shadow coverage. And while at times we can use last year's information to predict this year for shadow coverage, we can't always, and I think case in point, the Los Angeles Rams. So last year, it's not like they're running with the same three corners. Remember, Troy Hill was their third corner. He is no longer on the team. So that actually has a big impact here. Because yes, Ramsey did shadow Evans in week 11 last year. But I don't believe he shadows him this year because when they go to nickel, which is basically the base defense these days, when you have three defensive backs on the field, or three three corners on the field, I should say, uh, five defensive backs on the field for nickel, to be precise. But regardless, when they go to that, uh, Jalen Ramsey goes to the slot and covers the slot. So they need him to do that, and I don't think he's going to shadow here. Now, Evans is going to see his fair share of him. Chris Godwin is going to see his fair share of him. And by the way, Darius Williams on the other side of Ramsey is pretty freaking good as well. Both Ramsey and Williams are allowing under eight yards per catch on the season. So it's not a great matchup. But if you are simply, you know, going to say, okay, he's he's going to be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey, I don't know if that's going to happen. That's at least the indicator we have seen so far this season. But regardless, it's a downgrade. I mean, I can't bench these guys in season long, but I don't want them in DFS. Calvin Ridley, this one is an interesting one as well. So I'm expecting James Bradbury to shadow him. Last year, I would have been, especially like mid to late season, I would have been like, ooh, that's a bad matchup. Right now, I'm not convinced it's a bad matchup. Now, I did put it in in the downgrade section, but... Bradbury has allowed 12 catches on 15 targets for two with two scores in his coverage so far this season. I don't know if it's a bad matchup. It's a bad situation for Calvin Ridley, uh, but I don't know if it's a bad matchup. Exactly. He may be a contrarian play this week. Uh, Devontae Smith will not be a contrarian play this week, and he does have a bad matchup. Trayvon Diggs, I'm expecting him to shadow. These guys are former college teammates. So they know each other well, but we've seen Diggs shadow Mike Evans and Keenan Allen over the first two games of the season. I think he's a budding star. Now, while he hasn't maybe been a shutdown corner by any means, I think he is a budding star, and I do think that's going to put a big damper on Devontae Smith. I'll still use him in season long, but I'm not using him in DFS. Derek Carr and Henry Ruggs. People are trying to chase last week's stats with Derek Carr and Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is going to face Xavier Howard and Byron Jones on the outside this week. That's a downgrade for me. Uh, Tyrell Williams went to injured reserve, by the way. So Quintez Cephas will essentially be the de facto number one receiver. He is not well suited to that role. But it's it, it that's beside the point. I'm not playing him against Baltimore this week. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, he says with a sigh. It has not been the best start to the season. I still believe in the talent. I still believe in the long-term upside, but I am not using him this week. Be prepared. Even more people are going to drop Brandon Ayuk after this week because he's going to face, not shadow, but he's going to see Jair Alexander on the other side. Uh, Zach Wilson looked bad last week. This week he has to face Denver. Yeah, do that math. Corey Davis is going to have a downgrade in this one. Uh, And, of course, the defense that put the clown suit on Wilson last week was New England. They faced Jameis and the Saints. 
Uh, Marquez Callaway is another one. Bad start to the season. I don't think it gets any better this week, but prepared for him to be dropped in even more leagues next week. I'm still staying the course with both of those guys. Uh, they're on my bench. I don't need them in starting lineups. What I need on my my bench right now is higher ceiling guys for the long term. A couple other neutral shadow situations. Stephon Diggs could see a shadow from William Jackson. We have seen him shadow uh, early in the season here. And then a Wouzier for the Bengals could be on Deontay Johnson if he does manage to suit up. By the way, I'm keeping a close eye on Odell Beckham Jr. A lot of people have been asking me why I didn't rank him. I don't know if he plays. And if he does play, he's going to be way down in rankings because I don't expect him to be a full go. I expect him to be on a pitch count. So if you have Odell, just keep him on your bench and don't really plan for him to play this week. That was a constant question. Also, just a quick update. So 49ers running back-wise, Trey Sermon is still in the concussion protocol but was uh, limited again this week and uh, or again today, not this week. Limited again today after being limited on Wednesday. And then also Elijah Mitchell did not practice in the – uh, the open media portion. Now, he still may end up being limited. I don't know. But it looks like it's going to go down as a DNP. So if I have Elijah Mitchell, I am kind of holding my breath here. He was described as day-to-day, but he's going to have to get to at least limited for him to to be able to suit up this weekend. We shall see there with Elijah Mitchell. And Jermichael Hasty is not playing anytime soon. All right, short one for us today, long one for us tomorrow. We will break down every single game, every single player, essentially. I'll try to get as many fantasy-relevant players as possible on the pod tomorrow. So I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out.